tell me how you found the script. Tell me how, how all of this came together. And I'll start with you, John. How did it, how did it uh, present itself? Um, strangely enough, you know, when you, when you talk about a project of this size and scope, usually it comes through, you know, your manager, your agents, writers, you know, you, there's this chain of command. And of course, on this movie, it was completely opposite. I was actually at a friend's barbecue just on a, on a Wednesday on, in the summertime, you know, and somehow someone had seen something I'd done and then there was a writer who had a script. We had a conversation. I gave some notes on the script and he gave it back to the team that he was working with. And they liked the notes I gave. And so next, next thing you know, you know, this is pre, pre-COVID, but I was uh, at a coffee shop in Beverly Hills and they offered me the movie. And I, I was like, wait a minute, I don't, what are we talking? What? You want me to direct the film? I don't, I, is this real? Um, but that's, that's how it actually came to me. And obviously then I started to de- really develop the project. And then Alex came on um, about uh, maybe five months later after that. Well, well, you had all that pre-production stuff that you had to do. I mean, yeah, we uh, spent the first three and a half after I signed on officially, you know, uh, the business part of it happens um, outside of your control. And then you you start the creative side. And then um, I spent the first few months working on the script with Rich Ronat, who's our writer. And then once I knew for a fact that like uh, we were moving forward with the film in terms of the financing and all the mechanisms of making the movie, um, I started doing the casting process and uh, good old Alex McNichol here. Uh, yeah. we, we, we met each other for the first time and then it seems like we haven't uh, stopped seeing each other since. It's been great. Yeah. Well, you know, you become a family, especially on probably something like this where, you know, it's you, uh, a catering guy and 700,000 extras, you know, um, you're, you're all very close after this. Uh, Alex, uh, you know, in getting in, in getting into this, I mean, there's a lot of training that has to be done. Um, tell me a little bit about that too, because that isn't easy to accomplish to make it look natural. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm glad you think so, and hopefully, everybody agrees. Uh, it was it was a lot. Yeah, we um we didn't have a whole lot of prep time before the film, uh, or, or at least as much as we would have liked, you know, but it was great because we were able to do training in between uh, scenes and filming. Um, Or if we had a day off, you know, uh, on the rare occasion, we would be able to go train with the stunt team. So it it was awesome. We had, we had, we had a blast and we got to work with um, these guys from Ukraine called stunt a lot, which is their, their main, you know, cinema stunt team over there. And they're fantastic. And they were so thorough. They would shoot the, the, the stunt scene or the fight scene beforehand with their whole crew and they would film it and everything with like multiple cameras and it was like literally like a little movie um and so it was like a storyboard almost essentially so then we could watch it and start practicing right away and it was just a it was just a really fun fun experience for me because i I, i've you know i was a kid dreaming about you know (laughs) pretending to be you know some warrior guy and hero and all that stuff so it it was a blast man we had a really fun time Riding horses over there was interesting because I, I, I've ridden before, but I, I had to relearn and be taught in Ukrainian. And so I had an assistant who would translate what the what the, the riding coach was saying. So I'd be riding on the horse and, you know, they'd yell something in Ukrainian. And I'd be like, well, like looking at my assistant, like, what'd she say? What'd she say? And like, she would yell back to me and she'd tell me like, level rich or bravo rich. And then I'd be like, I st-, and then she's like, I mean, left, left. And so I'd have to like, you know, compensate. And it was fun. It was really, it was, a, it was an exciting time. Thank well, you. riding horses isn't isn't easy for a film, but riding horses yeah. in battle in a film 
yeah. has got to be one of the most difficult stunts you can do. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Luckily, like for the really, really epic stuff, I had a I had a stunt double who was incredible. This guy Sergey and uh, yeah, you actually I, had like you actually had three at one point, three or four stunt doubles, yeah. but you did ninety five percent. I would say almost ninety five percent of the stunts you did yourself. Yeah, ninety seven percent. But yeah, who's counting? You know, ninety five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your stunt double had a stunt double. So this yeah, is I, a, I had an army of stunt doubles. Yeah, I had like two or three guys that were amazing. So. Yeah. Well, originally when we cast, we weren't sure, you know, I mean, Alex was, is a very athletic guy. He climbs, uh, does rock climbing and had played soccer and all these things. So we knew he was physically capable, but we were afraid of the time frame because we didn't have like three months to train him. We only really had a few weeks before we started rolling cameras. Uh, and so as a contingency plan, just in case we had a stunt double who was like really good at shooting bow and arrow, we had a stunt double who was really good with axes. We had a stunt double who was really good with horses. Luckily, by the time we actually got to those scenes, Alex had become really, really good at these things so that we never, you know, a lot of the times in the film, when you see it, we don't have to cut away from him. It's his Alex, you, could be, you could be a stunt double now. He could be a stunt know. double yeah, at this yeah. point for, for himself at all times. <laughs> um, but that, that, it all, that lent itself to a, a way of me being able to shoot then where I didn't have to cover up Alex or any of the other actors. A lot of them also were able to do a lot of their own stunts. And so it just adds that level of believability and, um, tension in the scene because you know it's really them. Now, aren't you glad that we you, we're not living in that age like like in the old Star Trek series where you had to cut away to a guy that doesn't look like William Shatner back <laughs> to William Shatner? Yes, one hundred percent. I yes. have to I have to compliment you on your cast as well. I mean, not just Alex, but uh, first of all, Poppy. Um, Fantastic. You know, when she was in the bear cave, when she when you had that whole scene, I, I could swear I was looking at 17 year old Jennifer Conley. Oh, yeah. And she, we that was actually something that's very uh, I love that you said that early in the casting process, the producers and I were talking, you know, we uh, were looking at who could play the part. And she had come up uh, and we had met. Um, and afterwards, that was one of the, I think, greatest compliments I heard was like, you know, she she reminds me of a very young uh, Jennifer Conley and I was like, that's what that's we want that that feeling from this part. And obviously, she brings her own um, her own thing to it, which is great. But yeah, the you know what the the cliche is that eighty percent of directing is casting. Mm -hmm. Quite frankly, it's more than that. It's like it's almost ninety five percent of directing is casting because if you get the right cast, which I ended up being very fortunate that everyone agreed and wanted to be, become a part of this and follow along with this crazy idea that I had. Um, you're not forced to be on set trying to fix everything with them. They are able to just be the parts and they, they do their homework and they bring their part of it to it. And then you can focus, you know, we are obviously very collaborative and worked hand in hand, but I was never truly concerned about the acting. I never was like on set melting down being like, they just don't understand what they're doing and what are we going to do with the scene? If anything, I was like, we have you guys as like, you're the Alamo. Like I know that I can count. Well, you don't fall. You guys didn't collapse. So you're more than the Alamo. You're, well, nobody you're, survived the Alamo, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I always could rely on them. That if if I was having problems with a different part of the film, at least with that, we were going to be okay. And I, I can't, you know, tip my hat enough to to these uh, these wonderful actors that we were able to get. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what else uh, struck me was was she definitely has a certain grace when she's, you know, when she's fighting at the most time where you don't have grace, she looked like a dancer. I, it, again, you know, I have to draw from other things, but in, in, in serenity, when, um, uh, you know, summer did that whole stuff, that's what 
she reminded me of. It was beautifully done and yet still carried that, that weight of war with it. Yeah, she's an athlete. I mean, the, the, we got lucky, like, like you're saying, John, with casting. Like Rocky's a, like, a, like an incredible athlete. Um, Poppy was an amazing athlete. And she was so quick, you know, like the, like the dancing metaphor, like you're saying, uh, that's this choreography kind of becomes like that in a way. It's this kind of very choreographed and specific movements. And then to be able to make it look real, you have to add that like element of grace or athleticism. And yeah, and Poppy was the quickest one out of all of us in picking up the choreography. She was just like, like breezing through it every time. It was a little frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was really excited to see Robert Patrick uh, in in this as well. I mean, it's it's not a character that we we would normally see him play, and yet he's he's boned up for this all of his life. Basically, this is this is a great role. This is his uh, opus, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> well, Alex and him had been in a film together, so they had a natural um, rapport and chemistry prior, you know, to even being on set. But, and, and Alex is one of the few actors because he had worked with Robert for who could like really give Robert a hard time on set. And so they, I mean, and they, and he played uh, Robert's son in a previous film. So they would oftentimes in between setups uh, be joking around and getting into it. But going back to what you're saying about Robert playing this part, you know, it was, um, when we first met with him, that was one of the, the things I, I pitched to him, which is like, we've never seen you this way. And I would, I want to see you this way. I want to see you do this. Uh, and he, you know, again, it takes a lot of, I think, courage, especially when you're a very well-established actor like Robert is to, to, to do something this different than what you've been doing and how your fan base would normally see you. But I think, I mean, he pulls it off really, really well. And uh, he, he ended up being kind of like the rock we were able to build everything around on in this film. You know, the, the other character in this film is, is actually the locations that you guys used. I mean, you know, yeah, I understand some of it's digitally enhanced, but wow, what beautiful, beautiful landscapes you're filming. Uh, yeah, thank you. I mean, again, the country of Ukraine, the, you know, the Carpathian Mountains. Um, like you said, uh, and Alex has said this before, a lot of what you see on camera is practical. Um, we We tried to avoid doing as much um, full CG recreations. We try to just do, if we're going to do any uh, thing, it was augmentation so that we always had some basis of reality to build off of. Um, but really, you know, again, the country of Ukraine as a character did a lot of its own work, you know, with production design. We had an amazing production designer, Vlad, who uh, has won many awards for this film. But again, when you have the country and it looks this certain way, uh, we had these beautiful sunsets and beautiful, like long drawn out sunsets that we could shoot in with magic hour. Um, you know, again, sometimes you just get out of your own way. You just point camera, <laughs> great actors, you let them do their thing and you try not to over direct the sequence. You just go, just go, let, let, let everything do its job. And um, I think that's how it worked out a lot of the times for us uh, in this film. Alex, uh, were you surprised when you saw the final product? Did you, did you have this in your imagination all the way through or was the film like, wow, I've, I've, I'm seeing this for the first time now and, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, no, it was, it was, so seeing it in person, like you were saying, the actual locations were breathtaking. They were really, truly, in every sense of the word, like, they're just gorgeous. And uh, so I was excited for it. And, and we were working with a couple, like, we were working with top tier folks, you know, over there, especially like, you know, the Ukrainian Oscar winners, as, as, so to speak. Um, I, don't, I don't know what the words over there are called, but they were like, all top of the class. And um, this, our cinematographer was amazing. Uh, you're in um yeah it was it was great man I, I i didn't know how all the vfx stuff was gonna come out because uh i only got to see you know like 
a guy in a green suit running around as a bear. And so I was a little nervous about all that stuff. And then wondering if, you know, if the budget was going to stretch till the end of the film, you know, cause we would, you know, we'd have to face challenges of filmmaking, but I was really, really excited when I saw it and, um, and very stoked and proud for everybody because it's, it's beautiful. I think it's a really, really gorgeous shot. And like we were just talking about the VFX stuff, it looks very real and, and practical. So it's a beautiful movie in that way as well. I mean, your, your, your final was, was just absolutely gorgeous. Now, working in the Ukraine, have you have you worked in the Ukraine before? Have you worked in Transylvania? No, 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 no never, never. Yeah, it was really interesting. It was, uh, it was very. I didn't know what to expect, and um, yeah, some of the most stoic people walking past. Everybody's you know very like no emotion, but then you get to know them, and they're some of the friendliest and kindest people, and super generous, and and just uh, very hardworking. So it was, so it was a blast. I have to ask you what the food was like. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was great. John, we like, we, I mean, I was eating constantly cause I was just running around burning calories and doing all the training and everything. So um, yeah, I was just, I, I loved it. And also their local food, like uh, international chain restaurants and everything actually tasted better. I know it's like sometimes uh, people say like, oh, McDonald's in this country mm-hmm. tastes a little better. But it, it's true. I've, I've been vegetarian for a year now. But when we filmed this, I was still eating meat, and we we went to a couple of places, and McDonald's was one of them. Oh. And it, yeah, the quality is very good. Yeah. They don't use. Uh, uh, I found this out later because um, <laughs> it was my first time, you know, obviously shooting in the country too. But uh, I found out later that they don't use the same preservatives and GMOs. chemicals that we kind of do. Yeah. Everything is much fresher. They they literally just like it comes off the farm, and because. Ukraine is kind of the breadbasket for Eastern Europe. Um, back in the Soviet times, it was like the main supplier of food for the Soviet Union. So um, the food there is incredibly fresh and healthy. I mean, we were eating a lot. I think uh, they, they, I think as a culture, the Ukrainian people also, it's a way of showing love is that they, they like mm-hmm. to feed you. Um, so they were constantly, especially since we were the foreigners there and, and they were gracious hosts to us. Um, I think at every opportunity, honestly, if they could, I could have been like, Hey guys, we're done with shooting early today. They would have celebrated and like a buffet would have broken out and they would have tried to feed us immediately. So um, I like, I like that idea. A, a buffet broke out. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They would have probably, if, if that, if we were on an easier shooting schedule and didn't have to do as much every day, I think, I think every day probably would have ended with a huge meal. Uh, right there, right in the middle of the, the village. They probably would have, I mean, they would have just used all the set and they would have just been like, we're having a, a crew meal right now. So, Alex, do you have a favorite scene in the film? Yeah. F- uh, I mean, yeah, like um, for, for, for multiple reasons, but, but m- one of my favorite scenes is the very last scene um, and, and, you know, not to go into spoilers or anything, but the location that we were at uh, was, it was the first day of shooting actually for me um was the was we shot the final scene of the film and where we were at it was just it was one of those like out of body experiences almost i was like wait what the hell like where am i right now you know i'm i'm in ukraine and i'm i'm doing what i love and like there's there's like robert patrick over there <laughs> laying on the ground and talking to somebody and like you know and you know all these you know just tommy running around getting changed into his chainmail and like yeah, it was it was it was it was really exciting, and, and so that was my favorite scene was the very final scene, um, but also probably because it was the first thing we shot, so it was very ceremonious and everything. Um, but yeah, John, John, I'm going to give you the last word in the interview. Uh, the film, as much fun as we're having right now, the film is a very relevant film to today. I find the politics in 
in 13th century Carpathia, pretty much the same as, as we're finding right now. Um, do you think audiences are going to take that away with them when they watch this? I think, I think what I, this is what I aim to do. And, and at the end of the day, I want audiences to take away from the film I want them to think basically for themselves what, what it means. For them. What I aim to do is this. I wanted to make a classic timeless film where human, the human condition is so universal that regardless of where we're at, you're going to feel something. And for this particular thing, we're making a film really about family and about legacy. And, and those, those tend to sometimes find themselves intertwined into politics and whatever your politics are, you're going to have a strong opinion about family and what your family's legacy means and how you either expand or protect that legacy. And so what I tried to do was we are in a very tenuous time right now in, in all of the world politically. There's a lot of things happening. Um, instead of trying to predict it, I, I just went for the heart and tried to go for that. And I think it, it translates today into being relevant because hopefully you walk away from the film feeling something and that because you walk away with the film feeling something it will make you then think about whatever your position is politically um you're going to maybe start thinking a tiny bit about how that film plays or this film plays into your own political leanings i obviously have my own political leanings i know alex does between each other we're very open about what we feel but i want people to be able to watch the film and um come from it i do want them to think about that i just don't want them to think that i'm preaching to them one way or the other from the filmmaking side. Uh, I just want them to think. Yeah. And at, at um, you know, at, at the film's length, I think it's a little over two hours. It, right. It's two hours, every, like five, two hours and four minutes or something. Yeah. Like that. Something like that. Every frame of this film is, is just breathtaking. It is a, just a beautifully filmed uh, piece. And, you know, as a historical drama, as a, as a, uh, I, I, it's not really an adventure as much as it is a, a, you know, a film about war and humanity and family, as you said, and all of those things, it really touches all those, all those marks. So thank you for bringing this to us. Uh, it's available on all VOD platforms. It's available all VOD platforms, digital platforms. Um, uh, you know, we're still saying select theaters because it could possibly, but, but with the situation right now, uh, it's better, I think right now for everyone to go either VOD or digital platforms. So iTunes, Amazon, Vudu, Google Play, all those places. You can pre-order right now, depending on when this airs uh, on on uh, iTunes and Amazon. And then on October 2nd, it goes on every major digital platform and VOD. Alexander, thank you so much for being part of the show. John, thank you. Uh, and again, wow, um, I, this blew me away. It was, it was terrific. Thank you so much, Tony. Really appreciate the time. This celebrity interview is sponsored by... I'm Annette Severella with Pia Anderson Moss Hoyt. Utah's leading entertainment law firm, serving clients nationwide. We provide solid, attentive representation, focusing on minimizing risk, reducing cost, and protecting the reputation and privacy of our clients. Our goal is to provide you with the legal representation you need to make the right decisions and to protect you and your creative works. Call or email me for a free consultation.